The Los Angeles County Medical Examiner's Office has revealed that Friends star Matthew Perry's death was an accident in October. The cause of death being the acute effects of ketamine. Contributing factors were drowning, coronary artery disease, and the effects of another drug used to treat opioid addiction. But the acute effects of ketamine, that is the cause of death. I want to take you inside ketamine, how it's used, how people are poisoned by it accidentally, what this is all about. Dr. Ryan Feldman is a clinical toxicologist at Freighter at the Medical College of Wisconsin who routinely reviews poisoning deaths for the state and is also very familiar with ketamine. Dr. Feldman, thank you so much for making some time for us. Thanks for having me on the show. Help us understand this from this perspective. Matthew Perry was using ketamine infusion therapy to help with different things he was dealing with. But apparently, according to the medical examiner's report, he was either orally or some other way taking ketamine at home in very, very high doses, if you read the report. I mean, like levels that were in his system were consistent with what you get if you're under general anesthesia. How is this possible? How did this likely play out? Right. So Matthew Perry was apparently receiving ketamine IV IV infusions, which are actually have been a groundbreaking therapy for severe refractory depression. This is a treatment, uh, a disease state we don't have a lot of treatments for. So it does appear that he was using that therapy, but the levels that were found in his blood likely would not have been there from his prescribed IV infusion therapy since his last infusion was apparently a week and a half prior to this event occurring. Now, on the autopsy, they did find ketamine within the stomach contents, which means Matthew Perry was likely ingesting it. Whether this was prescribed to him from a different provider or where he got it from would be pure speculation. I'm not sure anybody knows. There was uh, an FDA alert recently put out regarding the use of compounded ketamine products. And there actually has been a death from somebody using a compounded ketamine product, um, which means it's not produced necessarily by a drug manufacturer, but made specially for that patient. Um, And in April of 2023, someone was using a compounded drug product containing ketamine, and they found very high levels of ketamine in that person's blood, and they had actually died, similar to Matthew Perry. So whether he was sourcing it from a prescriber or from some other source, who knows? Uh, There have been cases where some of these compounded products, which are not necessarily FDA-approved medical uh, products, have led to extremely high levels of ketamine being found in people. But largely, ketamine is one of the safest drugs that we use all the time in medicine as long as it's used under medical supervision. And in many of the cases where we're seeing deaths, it's because there is no medical supervision, which is not generally how the drug is intended to be used. So, Dr. Feldman, you said groundbreaking. You also said not FDA approved. Does that speak to the level of danger or inherent risk with the product, with the drug? Or, Or is it more just if it's not supervised in any way, things can just get out of hand like with most drugs? Not FDA approved just means that the FDA has not evaluated the drug for safety and efficacy for one specific indication. In the case of depression, there is great data to support that ketamine is an incredible option for people who have severe treatment refractory depression. It just hasn't necessarily been submitted to the FDA for approval. We actually have a lot of really amazing studies that show that 
For people who have severe refractory depression, there's only a few options. Most drugs have failed people by this point. And your next best option is electroconvulsive therapy, where they kind of have to uh, undergo a very invasive procedure and they use electricity on the brain to try to uh, cure people's symptoms of depression. Ketamine is just as good as that electroconvulsive therapy and much more widely available when people do it in an infusion uh, over a number of weeks under medical supervision. And ketamine is not just used for that. Um, I had to use it yesterday uh, in the emergency department for a person whose leg was broken. I mean, this is something that we use for pain. We use it for sedation to kind of prevent people from being aware of invasive procedures. Let's say you have a hip dislocation and you need to have your hip put back in. We can use ketamine for that. It can be used for asthma. It can be used for depression, acute suicidal ideation. It's kind of like the duct tape uh, in the emergency departments. You can use it for almost anything because it's such a safe and effective drug. It just hasn't necessarily been evaluated by the FDA for every single indication. Dr. Ryan Feldman is with us over at Channel 4 when I was there. I think this was 17 years ago. I did a story on Special K emerging as a club drug, ketamine as a club drug, and I did that story, like I said, several years ago. Matthew Perry, a history of drug abuse. I'm not going to ask you to speculate on if he took this as a recreational drug. But given what we know about the amount that was in his system, do people use the drug recreational? People can use this drug recreationally. It's actually not as big in the U.S. as it is in some other countries, um, many Asian countries. Actually, this is a relatively popular uh drug of misuse and can unfortunately from chronic use lead to some very interesting side effects like you know bladder dysfunction which actually occurs from chronic misuse of the drug uh, in the u.s it's not as popular but it certainly could be something that people would use to uh, you know become intoxicated or get feelings of euphoria so it is absolutely possible uh, you know where people get it from is people can get creative on those fronts. It's speculation, doctor, but presumably trying to play out how things ended with Matthew Perry, that he took too much of it, it just knocked him out, and he ended up drowning in his jacuzzi at his home in near Los Angeles. Yeah, and I think that's actually a really important thing to bring up. Ketamine likely was not the, you know, cause of death in the fact that the acute drug effects caused the patient to suddenly die. It's more like it created the conditions for Matthew Perry to unfortunately drown because it disassociates you. We call it a disassociative anesthetic. You know, you can yank on people's arms and legs. They're not necessarily going to get that integrated into their brain because of the effects of the drug. So if you're in a hot tub and now suddenly you're starting to experience lack of oxygen because you are drowning, it might not get to the brain to signal you to get out of the hot tub. So we use ketamine safely at anesthetic doses in operating rooms. You know, we use ketamine safely at doses that disassociate you in emergency departments all the time. But none of those patients are in, you know, unfortunately precarious scenarios where their life could be in danger if they don't have their mental wherewithal with them. Hey, quickly, Dr. Feldman, how often would you say you use ketamine in the ER? Oh, hundreds of times a week. It's an incredibly useful drug. Um, and, and, we, you know, it's also a very useful drug for other indications like depression. So I really hope that this unfortunate case 
uh, doesn't lead to bad reporting that make people who are receiving this sort of breakthrough therapy for their depression worried about it. If they're receiving this drug under medical supervision, it is really, really safe. It's when it's not under supervision that we run into trouble. That is a very good point. Dr. Ryan Feldman, clinical toxicologist, Freighter, and the Medical College of Wisconsin. Thank you so much, Dr. Feldman. Thank you.